This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. My name is Chris Shad. I write for the Viking Age as well as bring me the news, zone coverage, and the Brookings Register. We do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. But of course, we're on Apple and Spotify the very next day and however you consume us. Don't forget to rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. We can spread the word to the masses. All right. It's Packer Week, which means we got to go into enemy territory for our guest today. Today's guest comes from the heart of Wisconsin. He is the co-host of No Huddle Radio via the Packers Talk Network. He enjoys the Packers, a Culver's Double Bacon Deluxe with a side of cheese curds, and any content involving Giannis Antetokounmpo. His name is Sean Tian. Sean, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for that intro, Chris. And I will just slightly correct you. Uh, the Culver's Bacon Deluxe with the side of cheese curds? Nah, put those cheese curds on that burger, make it a Curter burger. You haven't had one? What are you doing? What are you thinking? It's a revelation. I had two of those, two consecutive weekends. Amazing. I even got my wife to try it, too, and she had to take a dairy pill ahead of time. But the Curter burger, Chris, just so you know for next time, the Curter burger. And Giannis, heck yeah, man, coming off the extension. Giannis is number one here, no matter what. Honey, I know you're lactose intolerant. Just, just try this. We'll, we'll rush you to the hospital if she things don't loved, go so well. But she loved it though. She loved it. She took a little dairy pill ahead of time, and she's like, "This is fantastic." But then she's like, "I can't finish the last quarter. Can you eat it?" I was like, "I guess I had to fall on the sword." <laughs> Twist my arm, right? Yeah, like, right. It's, yeah. it's like when you have a a 30 pack of Miller Lite and somebody's like, I can't drink that. Actually, nobody <laughs> says that in Wisconsin. Who are we kidding right now? Um, Sean, let's just dive into things right now because the Vikings are taking on the green Bay Packers this weekend. It's about the three and four Vikings and the two and four green Bay. Got it. Right. Got okay. It. I, for a second, I thought it was two and five. I didn't write it on the outline and I'm like, uh, yeah, they've had a buy. Two and five Green Bay Packers. And two, just and four. To, two and four. Two and four. Two and four. Excuse me. Just to be honest with you before we start, there's a lot of schadenfreude with uh, Vikings fans right now. Me, myself, I watched the Packers game through Red Zone on Sunday. Had a little Sunday ticket action going on. Keeping my eye on Jordan Love. Uh, I texted my uncle in the third quarter and asked him if this is what the Packers looked like in the 80s. And he simply responded, yep. Uh, 
And then I flicked on Packer vet line afterward just to feel better about myself. And one guy said that Jordan love looked like a make a wish kid out there. Uh, another guy said he was drinking himself to sleep in a Culver's parking lot. And then there are just a bunch of them who are too drunk to spit out their thoughts, which I think it's just like every Sunday on Packer vent line. So things seem to be going pretty well out there, huh? It's, uh, it's definitely different. It's not what we're, it's not what we're used to seeing as Packer fans. I, I wasn't around in the eighties. I did not exist in the eighties. I didn't have to witness that. I've heard all about the eighties and the seventies. My parents aren't even from Wisconsin. My parents are actually from Ohio. So they weren't Packer fans until they moved us up from Florida my dad said he needed to feed the kids, so he needed to move to Wisconsin. We became Packer fans along the way. So I am a Wisconsinite through and through. But uh, with the Packers, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny because I feel like a lot of fans are being extremely hypocritical right now because we knew going into the year, this is a really young team. It's a really, really young offense, especially. It's an offensive line that, without David Bakhtiari, is super young. Uh, it's uh, receivers who... All their main targets haven't played in the league for more than two years. Their most experienced weapon on offense is has been hurt most of the season, and he has not been able to get going. And the one game we saw him play, really a full game, was Chicago in Week One, where they put 38 points on. And I, I think a lot of a lot of fans, I remember, were expecting, oh, there's going to be growing pains. It's going to be rough. We're going to be relaxed watching this. And that's all BS, man. That It is because I, I think the thing is the Packers set our expectations a little high, a little bit too soon, dropping 38 points on a Bears team that talked a lot of crap before that game. A lot of Bears fans who talked a lot of crap before that game only to see them get just totally, totally whipped on their home field by a really, really young Packers team. So the whole thing is right now, and I've been saying this on my podcast on No Huddle Radio, just a shameless plug right there. You got to give the the Packers a full season. This is, I think, there's a lot of talent there, but there's just a lot of issues. There's, it's more than just Jordan Love. It's more than just the young weapons or the young offensive line. There's a lot of lot of issues right now, and it, it's just something where, hey, like Packer fans, we were expecting this. We said we were expecting this before the season. It's happening right now, and we can't cope with it. We we can't cope with it. And that I don't know. That's the best way I put it, Chris. You know, it's almost like facing the bears at the beginning of the season was like the worst case scenario for you guys. When, when you think about it, just to I mean, they, the did, expectations. They, they did get a win though. Yes. And you know, it's just like, you know, the ownership was that the deed was passed on from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. It appeared. And then that second game in Atlanta too, they played great for three quarters on offense without Aaron Jones, but then it just went, it went to poo. You know, it's just, it hasn't been the same since the fourth quarter in Atlanta, even that when they somehow pulled out of their, behinds against new orleans in the season opener that's a game they shouldn't have won uh, they came from behind by 17 and they won that game it was awesome my wife and i were there in person uh for our anniversary and but this offense just has not been very good since that fourth quarter in atlanta you know i remember that uh packer new orleans game well not because i watched it but i was at the vikings game and remembered everybody cheering when they flashed 17 nothing on the board and Next thing you know, Kirk Cousins couldn't hear the play calls, you know, spike the ball. No, I'm going to throw it and get out of U.S. Bank Stadium. The Packers had won 18 to 17 or whatever it was. Um, That was a bit of an acid trip walking out of that game. But Jordan Love, let's talk about Jordan Love, because I think that's what every Viking fan has been kind of centered on uh, over the past year. You let go of Aaron Rodgers. You had Brett Favre before that. 
everybody's kind of been waiting just to jump on Jordan Love. And he had six touchdown passes in the first two games. He threw seven interceptions in the last four games. It's an unenviable situation for any quarterback to be in. It's like Jeff Garcia following Steve Young and Joe Montana. I I believe that was the uh, transition there. Like, are you ready to bail on Jordan Love after the last couple of games? Or what do you think of his performance so far? Definitely not right now. Uh, he's he's got some wicked arm talent. He really does. But a big a big issue of his has been the deep ball. It, it hasn't. He's not getting enough air under it. And when he does get air under it, that's when it's getting picked off. And he's you know allowing safeties to get under it and pick it off easily. Uh, there's there's a lot of. It's not just Jordan Love. I'm telling you, this offense like there. You look at the tape from especially against Denver against the Raiders where. The last couple of weeks, two winnable games, they had receivers in the same areas multiple times. And that's a problem. I, I, I specifically remember, and I was actually in Vegas for that game for the Packers when they played on Monday Night Football. Uh, despite the Packer loss, Vegas is going to be a great Super Bowl host site. Uh, but I, I'm not going to talk about that right now. Vegas is great, though. It, it's awesome. Uh, the thing is, though, it's like there was a point in that game, though, where Luke Musgrave was in the same area, I believe, as Christian Watson. And Matt LaFleur is just screaming at Luke Musgrave. And I remember I, I wasn't watching this on TV. I was watching from the stands. And we were close to him. I could see after that play, Musgrave was getting reamed at. And I, I remember tapping my buddy. I was like, like, Musgrave did something wrong. <laughs> you know, he did something wrong. And then you saw the tape. It's like he's in the same area as Christian Watson. And that was clearly on him. And it's just these guys, the best part about this, it's like they're they're young and willing to learn, but they haven't really been able to put it together. And that's the thing is – yeah, they got to put it together. And that's that helps Jordan Love, too. And the offensive line, since David Bakhtiari, his season-ending knee injury after that week one win in Chicago, the offensive line has been an issue. And Elton Jenkins is battling through injury, too, who's all-pro level left guard. And Josh Myers has been really, really rough this year. John Ronyan Jr. has been really rough. Zach Tom has been okay. I like We like him a lot. He's actually been able to hold his own. He's probably been their best offensive lineman. Uh, but... You know, I'm not ready to bail on Jordan Love. It, it just, it kind of, I'm not saying he's he's Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts' first year as the starter, I think people were ready to replace him after five games. And it's like, you got to let these guys breathe for for one full season, especially in football. It's just such a, there's so many more factors than than five-on-five five basketball or, you know, you being in the batter's box uh, in a baseball game or anything like that. There's just so many factors that go into everything. You need a full season to really get a good assessment. And the thing is, with Jordan Love, you know what? If if the Packers get a few more wins and he shows growth and development, they're gonna they're gonna keep him. They're gonna move on with him. But if things keep trending downward like the way it has been the last few weeks, they're gonna get a top five pick. They're probably gonna have their pick of of quarterbacks coming out of this draft, which is gonna be very quarterback rich, and they're gonna move on. It, it's just it, it's really, but you got to give him the full season. There's no there's no sense in benching him or looking for a different option right now. You got to play Jordan Love. I'm looking at Jalen Hurts' stats right now from his rookie season. Made four Intriguing, starts. Intriguing, right? And what's yeah. that? Intriguing, yeah. right? So, so he only completed 51% of his passes, mm-hmm. 919 yards passing, five touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, 6.91 average. And then he also had 272 yards and three touchdowns rushing. Um, there's some comparisons that you could make there. The only thing that I would probably push back on very politely, of course, is that was his true rookie year. I'm looking at his first year as a starter. Give me yeah. a second. 
South Dakota internet. You know how it works, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the six, Great Plains. First six games. You would think the, you would think it'd run fast because it's not like there's anything it's got to bounce off of, right? It's mm-hmm. not like we have tall buildings in Brooklyn. Right, right. Uh, we just have bars. That's um, right. <laughs> 62.5% completion rating. Eight touchdowns, four interceptions, 1,480 yards passing, uh, 300 yards rushing, and five rushing touchdowns in Jalen Hurts' first six games as a full-time starter in 2021. So, okay, maybe. I, I agree with you on this. And I will say, this is the one thing that I was thinking of while I was looking up the Green Bay Packers this afternoon. Like all those years of giving Aaron Rodgers the middle finger in the draft has come back to bite this team because I I don't think it was solely trying to give him the middle finger. And I mean, it is tempting. Now, even that Aaron Rodgers is gone, you know, he's on Manning cast being like, I was floating along the galaxy on the starship pain when I took another mushroom and saw the light. I it was my freshman year at UCLA. I could see colors. I could smell sound. Come to the dark side, Luke. I am your father. Sorry, I don't know what happened. When I blacked out. Um, but I mean, look at look at the skills skill positions that Jordan Love has to work with. You have yeah. Aaron Jones, who blew a tire in the opening game, and he hasn't been back since. Mm-hmm. AJ Dillon looks like he's pulling a semi truck. Where you know Derrick Henry looks like he's pulling a semi truck, but he's going about thirty miles an hour. AJ Dillon just looks like he's just trying to pull that thing. Like he's in a world strongest man competition. Um, you know, I had a friend who was a Packer fan. Tell me David Bakhtiari had a, like 150 milliliters of fluid drained from his knee each and every week last year. That's not great long-term no. and you know, Matt LaFleur. I, I mean, I will never let this go because I had Derrick Henry in a fantasy league once upon a time. And I remember reading the headline. And it said, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis are like 1A and 1B in my offense. And I said, this isn't going to work. And I traded Derrick Henry for Darius Geis and jokes on me. But like, it just seems like every week Matt LaFleur is sitting there and he's going like, I need to put my players in a better position to succeed. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but I mean, th- what is he working with? And B, you know. If you are having two guys run in the same spot at the same time, how much does that fall on coaching? Because it sure as hell seems like it. And, and now, and I didn't even get to that too. It's like we talked about a quarterback who's in his first year as the full-time starter, very young receivers, very young, inexperienced O-line. The coaching hasn't been very good. Matt LaFleur is starting to feel the fire uh, and fans are starting to get really, really frustrated. Just He, he just doesn't, it, he's saying the same, he's a broken record right now. And, um, until the Packers see results, you know, until they, until we see results as fans, you know, it's not going to get any better. And, and there, and there's a lot of people saying like, Oh, fire defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, but kind of hard to fire the defensive coordinator when your offense, when you're the head coach and your offense is doing worse than the defense. And I'll give it this where Rogers first year is the full-time starter. You know, he put up pretty good numbers statistically, but he also had an experienced Donald driver. He had experienced Greg Jennings. He had James Jones. Uh, Jordy Nelson was a rookie at the time. He had experienced running back in Ryan Grant. He had an experienced offensive line in front of him. And Rodgers helped put the Packers in multiple positions to win with an experienced offense. But the defense blew so many games that first year. If you look, if you look back at the numbers, I believe the Packers blew about five games. They lost 10 games that year, and they blew about five games in the final two minutes. And it was when the defense was on the field. And 
right now it's, it's flip where the defense is actually keeping minus the Detroit game. The Detroit game was totally, a, uh, totally abysmal. It's horrible. But outside of that, every single game, the defense has kept the offense in it and has given the, has given the ball back to the offense with a chance to tie or win or whatever it may be. And the offense just hasn't gotten done. And that is the growing pains. That is just, that is the pure definition of growing pains. And, I don't know, Chris. I, the Vikings have bad luck usually, and I get a feeling that Viking fans may be worried where, okay, it's going to be close the whole way, and this is going to be the week that the Packers and Jordan Love and the offense figure it out, and they're going to beat Minnesota in the last second at Lambeau. But I don't I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it would be kind of fitting because that's just kind of the way things seem to go at times. I want to ask one more question about the Packers before we move to that. Okay, and I and and it's kind of funny because you know thinking about the Packers, it seems like they're on the opposite end that the Vikings were on last week, where it's like, all right, trade deadlines coming up, we're two and four. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like things are going for us this year. We have Jordan Love. Let's see what we have in it. You know, I I, I resist the word tank a little bit because. Locker rooms don't think like that. There, no locker room is going to sit there and be like, let's Mm-mm. lose a whole bunch of games so we can get Caleb Williams. Mm-mm. Well, you're not going to be there if you lose a bunch of games. So, like, mm-hmm. that's that's a big problem. Do you think that the Packers' best option right now is to just kind of lean into that youth movement, take the opportunity, and if Jordan Love doesn't show anything the second half of the year, go make a run at Drake May. Go make a run at Caleb Williams, one of these top quarterbacks in the class. Or do you think this team can pull it around get back in the NFC playoff picture and make a run with Jordan Love. Players and coaches, like you said, they don't tank. Front offices tank. If the if the Packers really want to tank, it's gonna Brian Gudikins is gonna indicate that they're they're full on selling. And but the thing is though, you look at the Packers ro- roster, who who do they have to offer? You know, it's like they they have a lot of youth on the team right now where is Preston Smith maybe gonna be someone who a team would be like, hey, we'll give you a fifth round pick. For him to be a rotational DN, Packers may listen to that. Devondre Campbell, maybe that's a guy who would entertain some, some, you know, some offers and everything like that. But he's been hurt. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. He may be back on Sunday, but he's been hurt right now. And Quay Walker seems to be really taking control of that inside linebacker group, which is great to see for a young player like him. Uh, I heard Jair Alexander possibly with his back injury flaring up. The Packers are trying to protect him to trade him. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. They signed him to a huge extension last year. That guy is probably your best defensive player. He probably is your best defense player. You don't trade a guy like that, who, especially who's super young. Uh, I mean, arguably with Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary, he's probably your best defensive player. Outside of that, I mean, what other pieces are there that teams would be interested in? Aaron Jones, but I don't think the Packers are going to part with him because he's clearly – a super important piece. And I think he's going to be back next year too. And he's a voice a, a veteran voice. I feel like this young team needs in the locker room. So to go off your question, Chris, they got to ride the youth movement. Uh, I'd be fine if they just stood pat, unless they got some good draft compensation for a Campbell for a Preston Smith. If someone offers like a Matt Stafford level deal for Jair Alexander, I'd consider it. You know, I, but corners don't demand that, uh, you know, they, they just don't. And Jair Alexander still has a bunch of, of time and money on that contract. It's like, if anything, if the Packers want to dump salary, they'll take him for a fourth round. They'll trade him for a fourth round pick. So I think for the Packers, they you can't be buyers right now. I think you just got to stand pat and just ride this youth movement. And you kind of got to see what you got for next year and assess for the future going forward. 
You know, uh, I know you're not a big wrestling guy, but back in the 80s, there was a guy named Ted DiBiase, and he was the million-dollar man. He, he had one of the best evil laughs in professional wrestling. <laughs> he, <laughs> I can't even do it. It's so good. But one of his catchphrases was that everybody has a price, and he would go to, like, yeah. local swimming pools and buy it out so he could have the pool by himself or whatever. <laughs> Real Jack, you know, if you're a kid seeing that, you're like, that guy's a jackass. I hate him. But one of the greatest villains in wrestling history. And it's true at the deadline too. You listen, you listed all those guys and you're like, there's no way we could trade them. But you know, like look at the Vikings with Daniel Hunter. Like they got the edge rusher mm-hmm. thing going on right now. You know, if some team comes in being like, Hey, we'll give you a first and a second and this boatload oh, of draft picks for Daniel take that Hunter. in a heartbeat. Yeah. You, you go, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll take that. The problem is, you know, teams that are, close at the deadline like that's the thing the nfl might have it perfect where you know for teams to really sell and for them to be moving at the deadline they have to be absolutely out of it and and that's where we kind of switch into the state of the vikings where i think the win against the 49ers changed absolutely everything about this Mm -hmm. team I, I mean, what did you think of the Vikings' performance on Monday night? And do you think, you know, are are they back? What What do you think about the Vikings in the first seven weeks? Well, I think that Monday night game, San Francisco got exposed big time. They, uh, they're clearly beat up, but man, Brock Purdy needs all the pieces around him to get going. Uh, I, I think that's a big thing. But the Vikings, you know what? Hey, that's still an NFL football team. That's still that they had to play a good defense that they had to play. Kirk Cousins was really good. He was really, really good. And without Justin Jefferson, I mean, the guy was throwing some dimes. He was throwing some darts. Uh, the Vikings, that was an impressive win. It's And you never know how this goes, though, where teams like that coming off a big win like that, they either rise to the occasion the next week and they, they ride that momentum or they're so beat up and they're so deflated from you know adrenaline and everything like that that they put out an absolute clunker the next week. So you, it could. I feel like for the Vikings, it's going to go one way or the other on Sunday. I really do. Where it's either they're going to kick the crap out of the Packers, or they're going to get the crap kicked out of them. I. But the way the last the season has gone, mostly for the Packers, it's probably going to be a close game. So I'm probably 0 for two on that. Uh, but that's just my take. Where the Vikings are playing well, there, and it's just you know I, I remember years ago where the Vikings with Sam Bradford started five and zero, and they missed the playoffs that year. Uh, just just because you start hot doesn't mean you're going to end hot. Buffalo got you know Buffalo got bit in the butt last year too, where they started the season really well and then they just kind of tanked at the end. Uh, you know, it's just you never know. Football's it's uh, 17 weeks. It's a 17 games. It's a long season. A lot can happen between now and January. And the Vikings right now, the way they're trending, if they're playing their best ball co- going into November, December, they're dangerous. Like, think about how this season started for the Vikings. You know, that win again or that loss to Tampa Bay in week one, you look back at that and you go, oh, my God, they should have had that one. Like, yeah. it was in their hands. They should have. They were driving in the second quarter when Kurt That's, throws that interception to K.J. Osborne. Yeah. You know, if they win that game or even, you know, what if Justin Jefferson doesn't get hurt against the Chiefs? Like this team is insanely def- dangerous, and I think Jefferson comes back at some point. It sounds like his recovery is going will- really well from that hamstring. You never know with those types of things, but I mean, Jordan Addison's performance on Monday night bred a shitload of optimism for me because you know I think everybody thought that hey, this is a guy that can be a secondary receiver. You know, he kind of needs somebody to take attention off of him, but he was making plays on Monday night and. You know, you talk about Kirk too. You know, I was, I I think I even messaged you 
I, I was like texting with six or seven different people because I was just like, I'm not even like excited right now after the Vikings won. And they're like, and, and it's funny because like in the 48 hours after this win, everybody's just like, my God, like this, this is a dangerous team. This is everybody. And you rewind last week and we're talking about trade Daniel Hunter, trade Jordan Hicks, trade Ezra Cleveland, like trade, sell, sell, sell. Everybody must go. Like the thing with Kirk Cousins is I want to see consistency. I, I want to see this again. Over the summer, I, I mentioned this on our last episode. I got into a fight with Twins fans when they were sweeping the Royals in July because I'm like, no, I, this is great. I mean, I would rather see them clown hammer the Royals and get pounded by them, but they need to keep doing this. They need consistency because yeah. that is the only way that they're going to win. I don't want to go see Kirk Cousins go to Lambeau and piss his pants because the crowd is too loud because or he wore the wrong cleats, right? Or, or something like that. You know, I, Kirk would be the ultimate spokesperson for Bose. I think like, you know, <laughs> like sit there with his helmet and like, they're just, so, you, you, what, what is it? They have that AT&T commercial with the deaf people and they're just like, you know, Oh yeah, it's not your fault. You can't hear me. And then all of a sudden they have like the little thing that tells them the plays now, which is uh, really yeah. cool. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not, I'm not knocking on it, but like they could do it with Kirk and he's like, you know, holding his headset and just getting yeah. pounded in the turf. And like, they're working with them. It's like Kirk cousins for Bose here. Sometimes I can't hear my own plays, but with these noise canceling headphones, I can hear it all. Like I need to see Kirk cousins play the way he did on Monday night. Maybe not on every week basis. Cause that's impossible to expect, but I need to see him do it. Consistency consistently. And the problem is we're not talking about a 26-year-old quarterback here. We're talking about a 36-year-old quarterback who is probably going to command $40 million in his next contract, if not more, yeah. because, you know, you know Kyle Shanahan. He's got Brock Purdy, yes. But, you know, Kirk was like the girl in the red dress, you know, sitting there dancing on the stage like you could have had this. Kyle Shanahan sitting at the bar, sipping a beer, being that creepy guy. Like, I don't know, man. Like, they, I need to see more from Kirk Cousins and this Vikings team on Sunday before I buy into them being like, we're back. Yeah, it, Daniel Jones is the reason Kirk Cousins is probably going to get 45, 50 million. I mean, it, Daniel Jones just totally changed the quarterback. That that deal is just, it's such an albatross. And you know that NFL GMs are just waiting for him to get cut from that contract. So they're like, we can't use that anymore. Like that is, like we got to set a new baseline. But uh, with Jordan Addison, I mean, from you know, quoting Charlie Murphy from, E true Hollywood story from the Chappelle show. It's cat can ball, man. Like it's cat, can, <laughs> it's cat can ball. You know, that's uh, he, he's good. He, uh, he's really good. And he's so small too. He's not a big guy, but man, like dude, dude's a baller, you know, it's like, and he was a baller in college too. And, uh, 
yeah, it's interesting because I remember you you and I messaging earlier this year where you're just like, you know what, they got to just the, – the Justin Jefferson injury, you don't want it, your best guy getting hurt, but maybe good for the Vikings to sell right now to get a top quarterback because of the Kirk Cousins contract situation, which is very interesting where it, does he come back to Minnesota next year? Does he move on? Uh, you don't know. And, so, and it doesn't sound like he's going to waive that no trade clause either So that you know, because obviously the Jets were a possibility, but – the Jets would only be able to give you guys a third round pick unless the Packers, you know, release the conditions and they got extra picks from the Jets. So because of the conditional second round pick that's currently tied with the Aaron Rodgers deal and everything like that. So it would have been super complicated. And I, so it, it, it sounds like, and obviously the way that the Vikings are playing right now, Cousins ain't going anywhere. Um, yeah. And the NFC though is like wide open. I, I do think Philly is still clearly the best team. Uh, San Francisco is very good, but Brock Purdy, if one thing goes wrong around him, it, it kind of, he wets the bed. You know what I mean? It's like, I think he's a good NFL quarterback, but everything needs to go right. And everyone needs to be healthy. He didn't have Trent Williams or Debo Samuel on Monday. And he was just, he was all frazzled and Christian McCaffrey fumbled, even though he scored a touchdown and Christian McCaffrey fumbled. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Like not everything's perfect right now. So that's where it's like San Francisco, I think is a beatable team and they're getting exposed right now, but Philly still seems like the cream of the crop. I don't think the Vikings are quite there, but they only lost them by six points on Thursday football earlier this year. So you never know. Football is such a woulda, coulda, shoulda game, Chris. Uh, we could be talking right now. I could be talking about the 5-1 Packers right now if all those close games went their way. But that's not how it works. This is just this is the this is how NFL football is. It's just a few bounces, a few plays, just make the ultimate difference. And it's just it's as tight as any sport ever. It's kind of like the Vikings last year. Where they go? What was it? Nine and zero in one score games, and I thought it was Mike eleven Zimmer, and zero. Uh, yeah, eleven. And, I couldn't remember yeah. the exact number, but you know, Mike Zimmer is somewhere on a ranch in Kentucky, being like, "Where the hell was this? Like, <laughs> serious? A double doink? A, a fumble on the goal line? Are you kidding me? Right? Like, uh, actually, I think I think Zimmer's a little tied up with Dion in Colorado right now, but I think there's two different uh, scenarios for the Vikings right now. I, I don't think tanking and naturally getting Caleb Williams or Drake may is going to happen now. Mm -hmm. I, I think we can throw that scenario out the window. I think one of the scenarios that could happen is they catch the lions for the NFC North title, or they get into one of those wild card spots and the lions right now. I know they're five and two. I know they just got absolutely clown hammered in Baltimore last week, but you have Marvin Jones <laughs> announcing that he walked, he's walking away from football. Uh, you have, Jamison Williams looking like a bust out there after, you know, they've been trying to trying to make him happen for the past couple of years. They have a ton of injuries in their backfield right now. Mm -hmm. And the Vikings get them in two of their last three games. Do you think Detroit's stranglehold on the NFC North is fading? They haven't been in that spot. And that's where I think, yeah, like they're definitely catchable. The NFC North, though, is pretty bad. <laughs> it's like the Bears, the Bears aren't going to win the division. The Packers, even I was very high on them coming into the year, mainly because I thought, okay, healthy David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones is going to be the focal point. Uh, I had a little more faith in LaFleur than I should have. Um, it's just their youth. It's just, it's just too much right now. It really is. Where it's like the defense, though, is they could be better. It's just, it kind of, drives me nuts the personnel packages they have at certain times where Joe Barry doesn't understand how to substitute or match offensive team substitutions. But the defense is keeping the offense in games, and it's just a bummer the offense has to put together. But Detroit, they haven't been in this position 
since the Barry days, since the early 90s. And how do they handle that? It's They obviously ended last season very well. They're very close to making the playoffs. Uh, but you talk about where it's like Jameson Williams, I think he's a good receiver, but he's barely been on the field. He was hurt a lot his rookie year. He got suspended for gambling early on this year. I think that's another example of a kid who needs some time. Uh, Marvin Jones, I forgot he even played for the Lions. Uh, so him walking away, it's like, okay, like no big deal. Uh, the way they got clown hammered which i love that i'm going to use that in the future go the for they, it the, the way they got clown hammered in baltimore i don't know if it was necessarily detroit getting exposed i think baltimore is a good team i think the afc is really really good and i just think where it's like it, it goes to show where in the afc i believe they have maybe the four or five best teams in football with kansas city with the baltimore ravens uh, Buffalo, when they're good, they're they're great. I mean, Baltimore is great, and then uh, Cincinnati. If they can, if Joe Burrow gets healthy, I think that team's really good too. Jacksonville's sneaky as well. Jacksonville, I feel like, could beat a lot of teams in the NFC right now. Um, there's a lot of good in the AFC, and I just think with the Lions getting clown hammered in Baltimore, I, I, I think that was more so. Hey, the AFC is on another level compared to the, the best in the NFC. The best in the AFC is on another level compared to the best in the NFC. But yeah, Detroit's like Minnesota, you get a win in Lambeau on Sunday. That division race is not over by any means. It's not. I, I, I feel bad for your wife because she's going to like open up an Amazon package at some point and there's just going to be a giant hammer in there. Like, what is this for? <laughs> oh, it's for the podcast. Don't worry it's, about it's, it. It's for the podcast, honey. That's it. I swear. <laughs> Wielding a giant hammer in your uh, podcast studio. Just hey, like, uh, it's, it's Halloween. It could be a decoration. There, there you go. It's, it's every once in a while, just break out the old clown hammer. Um, <laughs> I think the other scenario for the Vikings, and we can look back on this, and this this is what I fear. This is kind of why I saw that performance on Monday night and like, can they do this again? Because the Vikings could also wind up going seven or eight wins. And we can look at this and be like, they should have leaned into that opportunity. Like, again, we said it. The tank talk doesn't exist in any locker room. Nobody mm-hmm. is willing to take. Not even nobody wants to them, lose. A, nobody wants to lose a job. Not even if you pay them $100,000 a game, they're not willing to tank. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know of anybody that had that happen, but uh, I might know a guy. Um, <laughs> you know, there's not really a lot of tension with the Vikings either. When you look at the locker room, like any Kevin O'Connell postgame speech, I know I make fun of it and I joke about it because they all sound the same. But like those dudes are locked in. Like we call, you know, one of the jokes that I use with Packers is like the John Deere cult, right? But Sigmund Bloom of the Audible asked the question, like, isn't every football team a cult? And, and it's true. Like when you are locked in, you are bought in, you can do anything. You can beat the 49ers. You can do any of those things. And I think that's why this team is kind of undertaker gifting right now, where they're just sitting up in the casket, getting ready to go kick someone's ass. But, but I also look at the quarterback class and I know this opportunity. And again, you know, we, we praise Kirk cousins. He played awesome on Monday night, but again, it's consistency. And I look at a draft class where, yeah, you have Caleb Williams and you have Drake may, but you also have JJ McCarthy. You have Bo Nix out in Oregon. You have Michael Penix who is balling out in Washington right now. You know, all those guys could be had in the back half of the first round or even the early second round. And I, I look at that and I kind of think to myself, OK, you can't pay any, anyone like you're going to pay Justin Jefferson. Are you going to pay Daniil Hunter? Because if you do that, mm-hmm. you might not be able, able to afford Kirk Cousins next year unless he somehow, you know, has a Grinch like moment and his heart like blows up. 
five. I, I'm making way too big of a Grinch joke before Halloween. <laughs> but, but you get the idea, right? It's just a change of heart. Like, yeah, I'll take 20 million. What the hell? I've made enough. I like Minnesota, but tis the season, right? So tis the season. But uh, yeah, I it, it's just, I don't know. You know, it's like you're kind of in that purgatory right now where it's, but again, it's like the Vikings, they, they've lost so many close games early this year. That's a team that's a, this Vikings team could what they could be seven and oh, they legit could, but they could also be one and six or they could be oh and seven. You know, that's just that's the way that's football. That is the NFL in a nutshell. That is football 100%. Uh, it's just it's anything could happen. And so many different things happen throughout the course of a game that alters the final outcome. And that's just the way it goes. Uh, yeah, that quarterback class is loaded. I do like him, but Daniel Hunter is this contract situation. Is he? Is he? he I know he wants a new, at the end of this year. He has a free agent. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I know he wanted a new deal. I didn't know how many years he had left on his current deal. Where and that's something where if the Vikings Sunday's game is going to be if the Vikings lose, oh, Daniel Hunter's probably gone. I mean, if he loses, they're probably he's probably gone. But if they win, he's he's hanging on. And yeah, it's like it's going to be hard to. But every NFL front office has that cap expert. They can make it work. They can make it work paying a Daniil Hunter and paying a Justin Jefferson. Daniil Hunter's having an amazing season. He's had an incredible career. It's hard to find guys like that who can dominate and and dictate a game from the edge rusher position like a Daniil Hunter can. Uh, Honestly, as a Packer fan, I'm worried about how they're going to defend him on Sunday because – Rashid Walker, their left tackle, who had some nice moments in preseason and training camp and some nice moments early on this season, he struggled a lot the last couple of weeks. He has struggled a lot. And and that's a concern where Daniil Hunter, with the Vikings, how much they like to blitz and everything like that, uh, Daniil Hunter is going to, could have a big day on Sunday. And if you're a Vikings, if you're a Vikings fan, how do you just let that guy walk out the door? I just, I, I find that very hard to just let a guy like that walk. I use the example of Chris Dolman back in the 1990s, where mm-hmm. at the end of his career, they kind of said, all right, you're coming off that age cliff. They trade him to Atlanta. Dolman falls out with like double digit sacks for the next five years. I think he wound up going to the 49ers too at some point, but um, you know, Dolman goes out, he has this nice long career and the Vikings are trying to replace him for, you know, the next decade, uh, you know, trading Randy Moss. I mean, Part of that was a bit of a locker room thing that was going on there, but yeah. they trade Randy Moss. And I mean, they're, they're rolling with Bobby Wade and uh, Bernard Berrien for a couple of years there. Uh, even, you know, elsewhere in the NFL, the 49ers are a big example. Like everybody kind of thought Trent Williams was at the end of his career. He goes to San Francisco and like, he's got a massive new deal. He might play. He's, until aw- he's, he's awesome. He's yeah, awesome. Christian McCaffrey. Like we, everybody clowned the 49ers for that trade. He's still going strong. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's also, I think people just look at the picks and it's kind of like this Madden mentality where just like trade everybody, get all the picks and you can trade up and down the draft and do whatever you want. But you also have to replace those guys. And that's, that's never a given. Um, Let's get on to Sunday's game. Uh, I think the Vikings a hundred percent need to win this game in order to stay in the playoff race. Packers obviously need a win if they have any aspirations of making the playoffs. What do you think will decide Sunday's game? Who can protect their quarterback better? 100%. Who can protect their quarterback better? I will say it with the Packers defense where the rushing defense has not been very good. It's been a problem for a long time. It is mind-boggling how it continues to be a problem. But 
the Vikings rushing offense ain't a juggernaut. So it's like, this is something where kind of plays in the Packers hands where you can kind of rely on that pass defense, which is the strength of this team. And the Packers pass rush is very good. Uh, You know, Rashawn Gary is still really good. Kenny Clark is awesome. Uh, Devontae White, he got hurt in Sunday in in Denver. We don't know how serious it is, uh, but uh, Darnell Savage, their starting safety, he actually just got put on IR on Wednesday. Uh, but you hope that Jair Alexander can be back if you're a Packer fan. You uh, Rasul Douglas has had a really good year. I think he's been really underrated. The guy is just uh, he's just solid at corner. He's really really solid. Uh, so it, it, who can protect their quarterbacks better? Where? The Vikings are going to be bringing that blitz over and over and over again at Jordan Love. They're going to be giving him the Kansas City treatment that he got a couple of years ago at Arrowhead Stadium, where his first career start ever, and the Chiefs just kept bringing the house, and Love couldn't adapt to it, and the Packers' offense couldn't adapt to it. Uh, so who could protect the quarterback better? That's what I, I feel like it's going to come down to. Uh, who's going to have more time to throw, and who's going to take advantage of those blitz packages as well? Do you know how many rushing touchdowns the Vikings have this year? Uh, give me an over under. Uh, half touchdown. Is it? Is it under? Do they <laughs> not have one rushing? They touchdown? do not have a rushing touchdown this oh, year. I thought they had. I thought Madison had at least one. No, no. He what? he's got a couple of receiving touchdowns, but he yeah. doesn't have a rushing touchdown. Oh my gosh! They actually they actually tried uh, the tush push, which I just want that band just so I never have to hear brotherly shove <laughs> or. Tush push again. Let's clown hammer that. Let's cl- clown hammer that. Get it out of here. Just swat it away. Um, I like what you said about the running game. I like what you said about protecting the quarterback. The Vikings offensive line has done a great job. I know Dalton Reisner stepped in and looked really good on Monday night against the 49ers. Obviously, keeping Kirk Cousins upright will be a priority. Again, I just want consistency. I want that defense to get after Jordan Love. I want, you know, I I, I want them to continue to execute. Uh, there was a moment on Monday night where the Vikings had eight guys on the field. Like, yeah. I, hey, man, yeah. like there yeah. are just still little things with this team that aren't there. But I mean, you look at this team and, and like the stuff that was costing them in the first four weeks were things that you figured they'd get cleaned up because I mean, they lost nine fumbles. They turned it over five times within the, you know, three yard line. Like it was just some weird stuff that was going on. And the last couple of weeks, they've been plus two in the turnover margin. They got a win at Chicago who was pluckier than everybody expected. I mean, Tyson Magent, I don't think he's got like a Tony Romo like career in him, but I mean, he's probably made it. He's probably like at least made himself Cooper rush money. Uh, As far as like a backup quarterback goes. And I I mean, I need to see it again from the Vikings. I need to see what they did on Sunday against the 49ers. I don't think it will be dominant because they are coming off a short week. The Packers always seem to get up for the Vikings. It's at Lambeau field. So it's a tougher assignment than it is. But what is your prediction for Sunday's game? So early on in the season, I was very bullish on the Packers and uh, I, I just being a fan and I was just hoping to see growth and I want to see growth with the Packers. I want to just see them get off this snag that they've just that steady decline we've seen since week two in Atlanta, week two of the fourth quarter of their game in Atlanta against the Falcons, just get out of your own way. And I I want to see that if they do that, they'll win. And if the defense does what they've been doing the last few weeks and keep, keeps the Vikings under 20 points, they'll win the game. But I picked the Packers to lose last week. And I'm going to keep picking them to lose until they actually prove that they can win and get out of their own way and get off the snag. 
I think the Vikings win. I think it's going to be uh, – we're going to go 24 for the Vikings, and I'm going to go 17 for Green Bay. That's pretty close to what I was thinking. Yeah. I think the Vikings can score some points. I think the offense is coming around. Uh, Jair Alexander against Jordan Addison. I'm not really comfortable with that matchup. But who knows if Jair? Who knows if Jair plays though? He's had a Correct. back injury that just continues to flare up. And and if you've ever had any back spasm or anything like that, it's just if you come back too soon, it's just not right. You need your back for everything, man. So it's like that's just it's such a bummer right now. So it's like we don't know if we're gonna get Jair on on Sunday. It seems like the Packers diet has been mom doing gummy bears because everyone seems to be hurt <laughs> all the time and no one can stay healthy. <laughs> It's it's not quite the Eddie Lacy chicken nuggets and vodka diet from a couple of years ago, but chicken uh, nuggets vodka while watching cartoons. That was Eddie Lacy's diet. And a side of uh, Chinese food uh, just to top it all off. Um, Actually, that sounds pretty good right now. So I'm kind of hungry. Yeah. Yes, big General So's guy over here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go twenty-one seventeen because okay. You know, you could say, hey, I could see the Vikings maybe rolling out and just being like, we're that team right now. And remember, the 49ers got off to a slow start last year, and then they just started cranking out wins. And again, there's that word, clown hammer. But, um, you know, I 90% of their games since the start of the 2020 season have been by one possession or less. Yeah. So I think that it's going to be a nail biter. It's going to be close. I'm going to be covering women's soccer. I'm s- <laughs> it's, uh, you know, so I guess if hey, uh, I just hope you see, you, I hope you see a good game. That's all I care about. I hope you see a good game. It, it, me sit, me sitting there at a women's soccer game. You see a guy just like dropping f bombs and like, God damn, it's in the corner. That <laughs> it's not because of the game in front of me. Just it's I, I totally, you know, during the Philly game, I'll tell you this story. Um, as someone who used to drop uh, all sorts of curse words all over your highlights in the TV business, I uh, actually had the broadcast of the Vikings Eagles game on my phone and had an earbud in. So, yeah. like, it was halftime and I was walking over by the field and I walked by the crowd. And I think it was Brandon Powell's uh, fumble. And I said, hang on to the effing ball. And, like, I looked over and, like, two or three parents are just like, and the other problem is too. They, I was can't, wearing, like, they can't hold on to the ball in soccer. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I was I was wearing uh, Brookings' rival is Watertown, and their colors are purple and yellow. And they weren't playing Watertown, thank goodness, because that would have been bad. But I mean, at the yeah. same time, you see purple, and you're kind of like, "What are you doing here, guy?" So, uh, yeah, big purple clad guy walking around screaming uh, obscenities. Not exactly great uh, in this town. Um, <laughs> let's close by this. If people want to indulge, indulge in some schadenfreude, uh, what's going on with No Huddle Radio right now? Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, it's pack, it's, it's dedicated to the Packers. We It's me and my co-host, Gil Martin. Uh, Gil writes a lot of stuff online for the Packers Post, for Cheesehead TV. Uh, he also does a lot of hockey coverage for the New York Islanders. He's actually a diehard, longtime Packer fan who actually lives in New York. So it's just, it, it goes to show where it's like, Hey, Packer fans were kind of everywhere. Uh, you know, we're, we're, th- we're spread throughout the entire country, throughout the entire world, I feel like. But uh, we just, we preview games. Uh, we preview the upcoming games. We, we recap the previous games. We just, we talk about what's in the headlines once a week. Uh, that's just kind of the way we look at it. Uh, him and I, you know, we just have a lot of fun with it where we just talk about Packer football we talk about what's driving us nuts, what we want to see more of, what we hope improves, what we think is good, what we think is bad. 
we give it to you straight for the Packer fan who watch who kind of follows the Packer games loosely and follows the Packers loosely. We try to catch you up. That's the best way to put it. So if you want to, if the Packers continue to suck, you, you know where to find it. Hey, uh, you got any social people want to want people to follow? Or you just want people to leave you alone. I, I don't no, know. No, no. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you go to, uh, well, you can find us on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Look up Packers Talk. It's the Packers Talk radio network. Look up Packers Talk and you'll see there's a bunch of different podcasts on there. The name of ours is No Huddle. It's, uh, there's just, you get you get subscribed to it if if you're a Viking fan and you want to listen to what's going on in enemy territory you can hit that subscribe button you can listen to all the Packer podcasts going on what we all have to say it's a huge network it's it's great it's fun to be a part of uh, you can also follow me on Twitter uh, at GB Packer Sean that's uh, Twitter at GB Packer Sean GB Packer Sean not Packers Sean and Sean is spelled S E A N it's spelled the right way Sean S E A N the right way. As you can see on the screen right in front of you, Sean, thank you for coming on. Thanks for talking some rivalry matchup and uh, good luck on Sunday, man. All right. Yeah. Hey, thanks. I I just Packer fans just we got to see growth. We just got we got to see growth on the offensive side of the ball. Wins and losses. Yeah, we'd like to win a little more. But if you see a step in the right direction, that's that's the ult. That's the ultimate goal. A win would be really nice, but a step in the right direction. Just just progress from here, please. Well, and that's all the time we got for the Viking Age podcast today. We do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And we're also on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, don't forget to rate, comment, share, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And we can send the word to the masses. For Sean Tian, I am Chris Shad, and we will see you next time on the Viking Age Podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.